You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Daddy Longlegs, Scat Daddy's only proven son at stud in North America. Crowned champion freshman sire in Chile, Daddy Longlegs has already sired three graded stakes winners from his first two crops of runners, including a champion two-year-old colt. A talented runner himself who won multiple graded stakes on multiple surfaces, he's passing that versatility onto his progeny with stakes winners on dirt and turf. Daddy Longlegs, a tailor-made stallion. Call today to book. Welcome to another edition of the Horse Ownership Experience. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner at Little Red Feather Racing Club. With me, as always, the fabulously talented Michelle Yu. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Billy. We're doing this early on a Wednesday. We we, uh, we This schedule's crazy. I don't know what's going on. We're going to talk about that <laughs> later. But listen, our guest is on the line. Michelle, who is the the best uh, guest guest hoster in America, has... has I do procurement. You are really a good procurer. And we have today Jack Knowlton from Sacatoga Stables. Yay! <clears throat> Jack, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Uh, great to be on from uh, Allendale Beach, Florida. Yeah, Jack, you're down there, obviously, for the Florida Derby with Tis the Law coming up on Saturday. You got to be excited. What's what, But what's the, uh, what's the vibe down there? What's the feeling with all this? You know, well, I'm talking about COVID, obviously. I mean, obviously, we've we've got uh, you know all the issues with uh, the virus that is first and foremost on everybody's mind, and we're beginning to uh, see much more of a you know crackdown in South Florida than than we've had. I'm sure people over the last week or two saw you know a lot of the the partiers uh, during spring break on the beaches down here and, and so on. Where I am. Uh, they closed the Fort Lauderdale Beach. They closed Hallandale Beach and Hollywood Beach. So we didn't really see that. But uh, what's happening now and what uh, is uh, then since yesterday all consuming to me is the mayor of Hallandale Beach is trying to close down Gulfstream. And uh, they're running today, uh, but she is threatened that, uh, you know, she's going to try and uh, close it down. The Stronach group has said, you know, we're going to, you know, fight you through the courts if you do. They're running today. Uh, I was over, uh, talked to the stakes coordinator a little while ago. He's got uh, 13 entries for the Florida Derby. So just waiting to see the draw and uh, and just hope that, uh, you know, we're going to be running on Saturday. Yeah, we we hope so too. For me, Jack, is it disappointing period? I can't go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. No, you understand you can't go. Yeah. And, and not only that, Jack, and I've read a couple of the articles, and you and I have uh, spoken before, and we'll go back in time and talk a little bit about Funny Side and the Sacatoga journey. Um, but I, my question, the first question when Michelle said we have Jack, I have to know, and I I want the truth here. Okay, this is a truth show. show. When they Absolutely. when it, when it came out, you you have this beautiful horse. This tis the law. He's strong. He's powerful. He wins the Holy Bull. He's got a hundred and eight buyer. He is he is one of the Derby favorites. And then you hear Derby postponed till September. Now I want I want your first honest reaction. Go. Well, disappointment. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you mentioned fortunately, and, and I can't believe we're in a position to even be talking about the Kentucky Derby and Sacatoga Stable again, but the fact <laughs> oh, we'll is, get to that. Uh, we, had, we had a horse and have a horse that uh, showed, you know, when he broke his maiden at Saratoga, 
and then won the grade one champagne in October in, in New York. And then he came back and, and won the Holy Bowl the way he did. We're primed. I mean, we had one more race on the schedule, the race Florida Derby. And I thought Barkley had him ready to go. He showed that he was one of, I'll call the early horses that was would be ready to run a winning race the first Saturday of May. What's going to happen now, hopefully he's going to make, you know, the first Saturday in September as our 19 other horses, but a lot of horses are going to have a chance to catch up that I don't think would have been as competitive the first Saturday of May. That's kind of my read of things. I, I, it makes a lot of sense. No, it uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It it, it makes a lot of sense. Bob Baffert's horses. And I mean, Bob, uh, you know, starts them late and, uh, he still manages to get triple crown winners the first uh, <laughs> Saturday in May. But just looking at, you know, some of, some of his horses and the fact that they got later starts and, and now they're going to have a better chance. I think they, in all likelihood, are going to mature more than kids can. We still think we've got, you know, a serious horse here and, uh, you know, plan on trying to find a path that hopefully would include the Travers before we would run in the, the new derby, I'll call it. The new derby, I like that. Would you have preferred possibly, uh, there was some talk, and this could be just of social media banter. Exactly, Michelle, of canceling completely and going with a derby just next year as either four-year-olds or we start over. Or you know, did, you, did you hear any of that? Yeah, I actually didn't. I mean, most of what I heard is, you know, well, you know, do, do we run the derby without any people there, which in my mind, made absolutely no sense. And obviously, for Churchill, uh, it made no sense for them. So I think, you know, they did the next best thing. They they stretched it out to a point where, hopefully, uh, we're going to have the virus behind us. I wish that there would have been, you know, some discussion among, you know, the Triple Crown, you know, partners, uh, try and come up with a schedule or at least, you know, some tentative idea of what the world was going to look like given the new date for the Derby. That didn't happen. It still hasn't happened. And, you know, I talked with Barkley and they said, you know, we've got four months coming up with just a blank page. We have no idea what kind of race we could run in. And obviously I would hope being a Saratoga guy that uh, they're going to move the Travers and put that, you know, the first Saturday in August. But I mean, that's a long way away. I mean, you can't, not run before that and uh right. there's no clue what kind of a race is going to be out there that you would want to run in well i think you hit jack, it right on the head the uncertainty go ahead michelle jack do you think there's going to be still 20 horses in the derby starting gate oh i'm sure you know people want to run in the derby you know that uh that is the, the be all and end all i mean it, it might not be the, the the 20 best horses possibly but uh, you know, I don't think that you're going to have many people who are going to turn down the opportunity to run in the Kentucky Derby. I mean, that's what people that have been in this game for, for years and years, that's what they live for is that, you know, one opportunity as owners and jockeys to get a mount that, uh, you know, they think has a, a, a legitimate chance to win. And any trainer would be lying if he didn't tell you that uh, they'd love to be running in the Kentucky Derby. Going into this weekend now, um, Obviously, the Florida Derby, for two reasons, would have been amazing because it'd be your last prep before the original Derby. 
and the amount of points that it gives you, you know, just kind of lets you breathe a sigh of relief. With the switching of the Derby to September, does it feel a little anticlimactic or does it still give you some relief knowing no matter what happens in the next couple of months, you should still have a spot in the gate? Yeah, that's that's the thing that, uh, you know, if we run first or second, uh, clearly then we've got sufficient points. We've got 22 right now. If he ran third, he'd have 42. That would uh, put me in the, the nervous line. I mean, one of the big questions in my mind is, you know, they're going to have to replace, I think, three races. You know, the bluegrass is, uh, you know, a 100-point race. And uh, they, they lost the Sunland Park race, which was 50, and then the Lexington, which is a 20. So in theory, I would hope that they're just going to, you know, not add points. They're going to replace those races and everybody will be, you know, chasing the same number of points that they would have been had it been the first Saturday in May. Yeah, but that seemed, that's interesting because you talked about the Travers before. I mean, wouldn't the Travers then become a point race? Wouldn't you want the winner of the Travers to make sure he's in the Kentucky Derby? That horse, who knows, like you said with some of the Bob Baffert horses, that the winner of the Travers might not even have started yet. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in, in my mind, I, I think more the Haskell potentially is being, uh, you know, the 100-point the race because it's a mile and an eighth. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. See, it makes that's sense. What, but, what's challenging. Barkley and know. I were talking today about, well, you know, could we, if they move the Travers, you know, could could Tez, assuming you know everything is 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 good with him, could we do the Travers and uh, four weeks later the Derby? And Buckley said, "Oh, so why not?" I mean, let's, you know, long-range planning. Beautiful. Let's just look at that, right. you know. So that made me very, very happy, I got to tell you. Uh, that because was, my biggest that, disappointment with Funny Side was not being able to run into Travers. He had to scratch because he got sick, and uh, that was a, a real bummer for me. Well, yeah, you, um, you had quite a ride. Go ahead, Michelle. What do you do about the, uh, the owners? Obviously, like you said, Sacatoga has a pretty big ownership group, and you guys are mostly New York-based, so to once again be on the Derby Trail is incredible, and then all of a sudden it's like, yes, we're on the Derby Trail. You can't come see the horse. Yeah. Well, we had uh, about 70 people down here for the Holy Bull. We had plans for three suites at Gulfstream and probably 80 or 90 people to come down for the Florida Derby. So it's uh, a major disappointment uh, for our group. We're we're just hoping that uh, you know somewhere along the line we're going to be able to regroup. Obviously, uh, the Travers at, at Saratoga is a target that uh, is on our mind, and we're just you know hopeful the world is uh, is going to be in a situation where we're going to have racing at Saratoga. I mean, listening to you know some of the prognostications about this disease it's uh, pretty frightening and you begin to wonder how long are we going to be shut down yeah jack knowlton joining us here on the horse ownership experience jack let's go let's go back in time michelle knows on this show constantly we've been doing this show for five years i think i say it pretty much every episode and that is this game is hard it is the it is the one truth and you know 2003 you go with Funny Side, you win the Derby. It's an incredible story for the Sacatoga Stable, for the the yellow school bus and the whole thing. We're in 2020, so that was 17 years ago. Where where has 
Sakatoga Ben, what what have you guys been doing? Have are you still? Because we're out here on the West Coast, so we don't we don't By hear the way, much that about was it. My very first live Kentucky no. Derby. Okay. Well, Good, we uh, we do we do what we started doing uh, when I founded Sakatoga Stable with five guys I went to high school with, and uh, we put in five thousand dollars a piece. We had thirty thousand dollars. We bought a twenty-two thousand dollar New York bread, and we've been buying New York breads ever since. I think. One time, maybe 10, 15 years ago, we bought a non-New York bread. But our modus operandi, because we love the New York breeding program, New York has great bonuses. You've got, you know, your races that you can run against New York breads, a nice stakes program for New York breads. So we go into buying horses, and we typically buy one or two a year. Usually at the New York bread yearling style that Fazic Tipton has at Saratoga in August. And, you know, a hundred thousand ish is, is kind of where we are in terms of, of top. The most we ever paid for a horse was 180,000. But, uh, you know, this, this horse Tiz we got for 110,000. I tell everybody that was probably the last bid we were going to make because a hundred was kind of what we had thought. That's what we do. And, you know, we have not had any other, you know, what I'll call serious horses since Funnyside retired in 2007. We've had fun. We had a stakes winner uh, in a New York bread stake at Saratoga. And uh, other than that, we've had some horses that have, you know, run second or third in some of the New York stakes programs. But, you know, no, what I'll, what I'll call, you know, no big horse. And, uh, you know, then tis the law comes out of nowhere, and we're we're back in the in the game. Amazingly. Well, here's the thing: horse racing has missed you. Couple questions on that line: Is it still the same five guys? Because you said now there's, I think I read somewhere there's 30 partners now. Did you increase Sakatoga? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, for the last few years, and it's by word of mouth. Uh, you know, friends of friends, family. And we, we actually now have uh, owners from probably 12 states. It's, uh, wow. it's really spread out. Uh, New York and Pennsylvania are the, the two states for the, with the most. But my son lives out in Palo Alto. I, he's been involved for, you know, about 15 or 20 years. We've got people from, from Texas, from Florida, Delaware, Michigan, uh, Georgia. I mean, a lot of... A lot of folks that uh, have, you know, kind of joined in along the, the way and uh, really enjoy the opportunity to interact with a lot of good folks that uh, that we have in our partnership. But we don't, you know, we haven't had the horse to come out to California, for instance, or to, to really do anything other than the, the New York, Florida circuit, which is what Barkley Tag does. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. That's, and- that's been a long, long relationship between you and Barkley. What kind of uh, went into that, and how has it evolved? Well, when uh, when we were starting out about the, I guess, third or fourth or fourth and fifth horses we had, we had a, a trainer in, in New York, and uh, he wasn't doing any good. He wasn't winning any races. Our horses weren't doing any good. And uh, one of my partners and I, the, the late uh, Gus Williams, uh, the flamboyant, dresser that uh, you remember uh, during the funny side days uh, of course the older gentleman that uh, was uh, the, the life of the party he and i uh, put together a list of three trainers that we thought you know maybe would would be a, a good new start for sakatoga 
one of them, I called and he said, you know, thank you. I appreciate the call, but I don't have any room. Second one didn't return the phone call. Third one was Barkley Tag. Barkley <laughs> said, I've got a couple of empty stalls here at Belmont. If you'd like to bring your horses over, I'll take them. So Gus and I went down on a Saturday morning from Saratoga to Belmont, went over to the Southern Trainers Barn and said, you know, thanks for, you know, what you've done. You got us started in the game, but we really feel we need to make a change. And Barkley sent a couple of grooms over and the horses went to Barkley. And as they say, the rest is history. Um, you know, we have been with Barkley since then. He's just a, a fabulous horseman. He has a great assistant, Robin Smullen. And uh, with them, their life is horses. They take one week vacation. They go to one of the islands, usually Jamaica, Christmas week. Other than that, 51 weeks a year, seven days a week, it's all horses. It's an amazing story. That, thank you, Jack. Thank you for sharing that also. And and we're sorry about the uh, Gus, who, uh, yes, we do remember on the trail. I have a question for you. Um, how many times have you watched the Funny Side Kentucky Derby? <laughs> Well, it's got to be somewhere in the low hundreds, I'll tell you that. You know, any any time you get down a little bit and, uh, you know, or, you know, you've got people that are just, you know, interested in the in the game that uh, you want to show, well, you know, this was a crowning moment. And uh, it never gets old, believe me. If you When you're looking back, I do the same thing, Jack, by the way, and so does Michelle. We all do it. So um, we look at those races that really pick us up. But if you when you look back, on that experience, what's the one thing that you take away from it now, you know, 17 years later that you can say, you know, I learned this back then and I'm going to put it to use here with a horse like tis the law. Well, more than anything else, I think is to, to listen to my trainer, um, you know, owners, uh, and I hear it all the time, you know, they, they, they try to get too involved. They try to, you know, do too much. And, uh, if you find a trainer that uh, you have faith in that, uh, you're willing to listen to, I mean, Barkley's got decades of experience and, uh, you know, I like to, to think that, that I'm a student of the game and, uh, and we have, you know, discussions in, in some instances, but, you know, I would say, you know, 95% of the time, you know, I will follow Barkley's lead on things and, uh, He's our, our bloodstock agent uh, as well as our trainer. And, uh, you know, to, to be able to, you know, find uh, another horse like, like this after, you know, it's 13 years since, uh, since Funnyside, 12 years last year when he started racing. I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to have somebody in your corner like that. So I've just, you know, gone down that road and said, you know, I'm, I'm the guy who's, you know, we're going to put the partnerships together. I'm going to raise the money, even though we're not talking about huge amounts of money for Sacatoga, and work with Barkley to go to the sales and try and find horses that can compete in the New York Red Stakes. That's that's it. Yep. That do you know what? That's I trust your trainer, Michelle. How many times have I said that? Yep. Trust your trainer is one of our number one pieces of advice. Jack, do you have do you see any comparisons between Funny Side and Tis the Law? You know, it's, uh, they're, they're different horses. They, they certainly, uh, you know, when you, you look at their build and, uh, and, and all of that, but, you know, they, they both have, you know, a, a fast cruising speed. I mean, 
they, they both kind of run the same way. They're, they're stalkers. And that was the way that, uh, you know, funny side won the, won the Derby, um, you know, sitting third, fourth and, and then at the, at the right time making his move. And, uh, I think the one thing with Tiz, he seems to have, you know, a burst. I mean, he, he just has an overdrive that, uh, when you look at uh, his, his maiden race, when you look at uh, the champagne, when you look at the Holy Bow, I mean, there's, it's just like some after jets that, uh, that go. Funny side wasn't like that. Funny side was a very, very fast horse. I mean, he, he could have been a sprinter and uh, in his, his early races, uh, his second race, seven furlong stake in, uh, in Belmont, he ran 103 buyer figure. I mean, that was uh, tied to the top buyer figure for two-year-old that year. So he was, he was fast. Tiz, I think, is, is a horse that, uh, you know, he's got, got speed, but he's going to be a horse, I think, like Funnyside, and maybe even more so because of, of the way he's, he's bred and the way he runs. He's just got that high cruising speed. You know, the beginning of the race, the middle of the race, the end of the race. I think he's a horse legitimately – Certainly can get a mile and a quarter with a mare being by Tisnow, who was a stakes winner. And uh, we're hopeful that, uh, you know, if it ever comes to a point where we could run into Belmont, uh, he might be a horse that could get a mile and a half. I also have to touch on the trouble that he had in the Holy Bull where he was checked, veered out around horses and still obviously ported on late to win. I mean... I feel like every handicapper I talk to is unbelievably impressed with the athleticism that he showed. Were you as well, or did you kind of know that he was that push button? Well, you know, if you go back and look at his first two races, they were not, uh, you know, walks in the park. He, he had issues, you know, in his maiden, maiden win and, uh, you know, also uh, in the champagne. So he hasn't had what I will call a clean trip yet. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping, uh, you know, we're going to find one uh, on, on Saturday, assuming that we can run. Manny knew that he could not get the horse stuck down inside. Uh, you know, we talked about that before the race. Barkley talked to him about it. That was on his mind. And what I think the, the most impressive thing to me, other than the fact that he had that athleticism he broke out of the gate like a shot and you know in in a normal situation that would have put him in a position to you know kind of not end up inside but the way the race unfolded he did get down in there and man he knew that he had to get him out of there and he did what he had to do fortunately you know his uh Robin Smullen, is Barker's assistant, says all the time, doesn't seem to be anything that faces this horse. And obviously that didn't. That is not a move that I think a lot of horses are able to make. No, that's for sure. He has been uber impressive. He is uber athletic. He is tis the law. I, I say it like this, tis the law. You know, from, you guys probably don't know this, but the Clipper announcer, Ralph Lawler, used to say, first team to 100, that's the law. Lawler's Law, you never heard oh, about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, anyway, that really means nothing. But Jack Knowlton, thank you for your time. We hope you get the chance to run on Saturday. We hope to see you throughout the year. It's so nice to have Sakatoga back. I think Sakatoga Stable is is a stable that people root for, and I think that's 
you know, because of you and and your attitude and what you brought to the to the game in the last twenty years. So uh, we, I, I can tell you from me and Michelle, we appreciate it, and we're rooting for you, and we're rooting for Tis the Law. So so best of luck, and Absolutely. thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and uh, hopefully our paths will uh, cross sooner than later this year. Look forward to it. Absolutely, Jack. Thank you so much, Jack. All right, and we'll be right back on the okay. horse ownership experience. We'll be back. For upcoming events, guarantees, and everything that's happening at the Great Race Place, visit SantaAnita.com slash events. And we're back on the horse ownership experience. Michelle, thank you for putting that together. Jack Knowlton, what a nice, what a good man. I mean, just seems like a good yes. guy. He's a guy you want to hang out yeah, with. Yeah, he does. Yeah, absolutely. I he thought, was super. I, I have thought, to send him a, an email right now telling him thank you. I thought it was interesting um, that the one piece of advice is trust your trainer. Because we, you and I have talked about it so many times. And maybe people are actually listening. Uh, it is a, But here's the thing, Michelle. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Uh, because especially if they do something different than you want. Well, yeah, and not only that, and I can tell you from personal experience, it is um, you know, when you're as involved as we are, and I say we meaning you, myself, a guy like Jack Knowlton, even Terry Finley who was on the show, you know, it's very difficult to say, you know, okay. I trust mm-hmm. you on this. I mean, because there are times where you're just like, this seems crazy or this is not right. Or I know this is not right. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. you just, sometimes you, you just have to kind of suck it up, keep your mouth shut or, but I think the best thing is not necessarily just trust your trainer, but communicate. And mm-hmm. if there's something that you want to talk about, whether it's where you're going to run or different opportunities in the condition book or anything, you know, just bring it up and don't be afraid to talk about it. Right. Because, if you do have that relationship with your trainer that you're comfortable enough with, at some point they might say, you know, that's a really good idea. And it, it does right. happen. So um, I, I think don't just don't just not question anything your trainer says. That That's not what we mean by trust your trainer. But communicate, talk, understand, learn, and, and go from there. But if you do have a suggestion as an owner, you should be comfortable enough to say, hey – you know, what about this spot or what about this race or, right. or, or what are we doing here? And I maybe you'll important. learn something. Maybe you think I, I should run here and then your trainer will tell you why that isn't a good spot. And you go, oh, I never looked at it from that angle. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Um, we had a, a big day at uh, Louisiana over the weekend in, at the fairgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it basically Brad well, Cox day. Brad Cox, Brad Cox, Cox day. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about those races because I know people absolutely love our, our race recaps. And then we'll just do a do a little derby thing because now we have till September. So I guess we're just okay. going to talk about this till September. And then we'll, we'll get the hell out of here. All right. So uh, in... Fairgrounds. We had the Fairgrounds Oaks, the Louisiana Derby, the New Orleans Classic, and the Munez. And of course, um, it was closing day at the Fairgrounds, which we didn't know until that morning. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. so great. And I thought the most impressive race on the day actually was the New Orleans Classic, um, which was won by By My Standards. And I just thought he was so impressive, and I was so pleased to see him back winning in in a fashion and I hope that he's a huge force to be reckoned with on our handicap division trail this year trained by Bat Calhoun owned by Allied Racing Gabriel Saez was aboard now if you recall uh three or four weeks ago on this very podcast what did I say about by my standards you don't remember we're gonna have to go to the archives yeah 
I said it was the most impressive comeback win that I had seen. And I said, look out for this horse. And he went off at like two to one for the gamblers. I crushed it. I rarely make big bets. Made a big bet on him. Um, hit the late pick four that day. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, nice. I, I'm a loser gambler anyway, so it doesn't matter. So when I say these things, like just everyone out there who's listening know I always lose. I'm not a good gambler. I'm a good I, – I, you know, I tell people all the time, I can tell you who's going to win, but I can't bet it. Um, but by my standards, very, very good. Uh, impressive. You're right, Michelle. And uh, good for Brett, Cal- Brett Calhoun and uh, Allied Racing Stable, who's been on the show. Yep. All right. Um, also, the uh, Muniz Memorial – went um uh, was on the grass and that was was the first race that brad cox won on the day for the stakes races i think it was factor this either way uh took him gate to wire under sean bridge mahan i wasn't uberly impressed though because i felt like he got a really easy trip it was the same trip he got last time when he upset synchrony uh, synchrony and he synchrony was in this race again and and was rolling late but again factor this yeah went to the lead no challengers and you see this, you know, I have I don't watch the fairgrounds a lot, but I watched that day because there was basically nothing mm-hmm. else to watch. It seems like um, Florent Giroux just goes to the front and then he just keeps going. Was that mm-hmm. kind of just a trend? Does that happen all the time there? <laughs> it was like if Florent Giroux made the lead, it was like I, the race was over. You know, we were even like we had I was on Fox and Tom Amos, who obviously trains the fairgrounds, uh, was on and he's like contrary to like belief because the fairgrounds has one of the longest stretches in North America. He says that like a lot of people think, Oh, well, if you're in front, then people, you know, you get too tired, but that's wrong. If you're in front of the fairgrounds turning for home, there's a good chance you're winning that race. You're gone. So, uh, you know, I, I think that that is definitely worth noting. And we saw something very similar emulated in the Louisiana Derby. Um, which was one in gate to wire style. And again, a situation where the horse went out to the front, had no company, Wells Bayou. He just kind of galloped around there and had more than enough in the tank to win. Yeah, Wells Bayou, very impressive. Uh, was bet down to, I, I believe, three so. to one. I thought he was impressive. impressive. I thought he was impressive <laughs> because he did his job. It was a $1 million race. He beat everybody. Yeah. Did he get a lone lead? Yes. Did he? But did he? I mean, he ran. Yes. I mean, I thought, what are you supposed to do? I mean, he put everybody away. I thought some horses had uh, difficult trips behind a modernist. Obviously, it was very wide. He was the winner of the uh, the previous uh, prep for this. Um, you know, uh, enforceable. They, if you looked at the race from a handicapping standpoint, okay, there wasn't that much speed. All the kind of main players were these come from behind types. So when you saw a horse like Wells Bayou, who had been on the lead or near on the, or near the lead, he made perfect sense that he was going to get this trip, and he well, did I get mean, the like trip. New York traffic like pressed alongside, and then yeah. instead of just letting him go, Joe Bravo's like, "Oh, easy, easy, just hang out back here instead." And I'm like, "Oh, no. let him press along." No, they don't do that. Modernist was definitely hindered by uh, his his. Yeah, and it's hard. Like, you know, we talked to Jack Knowlton, if you haven't heard, if you rewind, because um, we talked about this. It is strange because now you're prepping for a race in September rather than May. So, you know, all these horses are going to get numerous chances. And I thought your question was interesting where you said, do you think there'll be 20 horses? Usually these three-year-olds, they are pushed so hard to make races like the Derby and these Triple Crown races, the Preakness and the Belmont that they don't usually last 
And I think that's where your question was going if I read into it. And I think what's going, what you're going to see this year is you're going to see serious spacing. Horses are mm-hmm. going to get little breaks they're, because they're going to have to. Because if you just keep running once a month in these quote-unquote derby preps, you're not going to be around in September. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's I think at some point there's going to be, uh, you know, it. I, I'm OK. Let's put it this way. Tis the law is running in the Florida Derby. Though, we what? can see a much more accomplished field because generally our Derby field is a lot of like non-winners of three. Right? Oh, absolutely. What do you think? You know, I'm sure, you know, the people who uh, the Starlight, Mataket and the, the Charlatan gang, for example. Right. They've got to be pretty excited right now. Horse was going to go in on right. three starts. And now, I mean, it's uh, he's going to get to do whatever he wants. He can. He doesn't even have to run in these in the in the San Diego Derby on the fourth. He can wait, mm-hmm. right, and and see what right. happens if we still have racing. Michelle, do you think we'll still have racing this weekend in San Anita? No, I hope. So. Well, this weekend, yeah. yeah. How I long do you think we can go? In my opinion, unless someone gets sick. But I mean, we've done a pretty good job right now being quarantined i mean look at that's what happened to aqueduct right they were good until someone on the backside tested positive and then they shut it down sure so like we just need to maintain everything we've been doing we need to keep clear we need to keep healthy we need to keep all these extra people off the backside um i mean i'm not even allowed on the backside right now and obviously ryan's a trainer and i work there and i'm not allowed back there right so you know, they're, they're trying to keep it to a minimum and you know during the races people need to keep far apart if you are there because you have to be there you know they're not letting horses congregate so people can't congregate so um i think doing all that is good i know oakland's taking it even a step farther and they take temperatures and issue wristbands every day you come on the premises wow and you have to get a new one every day to prove that you've you signed your waiver that says you haven't been exposed and you are getting your temperature taken wow i didn't know that yeah. That's impressive. So everyone has like a different every day they have a different colored wristband. Okay. Um to prove. All right. There was uh, one more so, Bradcock's win that we missed, uh the Philly. Yeah, the Which is a great Oaks. story. Yeah. You know the story. I don't know her story. Go well, ahead. no, but mm. it's the it's the it's Judmont. It's the same owner as um The Philly that died, yes. Yes. yes I, so it, that makes it, it makes a great story. Okay. Well yeah, because it's <laughs> yeah. a nice story because that was supposed to be, you know, they were supposed to be with her. And now, Brad Cox, we gave you this great horse. I'm so sorry she died. Here's another great horse. <laughs> well, I, you know, listen, it's a good story, okay? I thought there was like a story behind her. No, like, no, a no. Real I story. don't know her story. Not just that Brad Cox has a, lo- a barn loaded full of good horses. How about Munnings? Munnings is a good story. He's got her, and he's got Venetian Harbor. Yes. No. Munnings is Munnings is on fire. What's the filly's name? Uh, Bonnie South. Oh, Bonnie South. Yes. Out here, we had some turf stakes. Okay. The Sensational Star, the San Simeon, and the San Luis Rey. But I thought um, the coolest was definitely the San Simeon. Oh, yeah, that was a good race. Very good race. I thought I thought my man Mike Pipey had it. Yeah. Steal Mike, the diamonds. Mike Pipey, no. With who? No, you're talking. That's the. Uh, oh, I, it's the wrong one. That's the. I'm sorry. Sistron, my old horse. Your old horse. Yes, from the crowdfunding days. How Michelle, cool I can't. I can't hear you. You're, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? No, speak into the I'm microphone. Sorry. Is this your I first am, show? I have it like right. 
I have it right on my face. Oh, that's much. better. Well, I'm covering my ha- my face with the hands now. This is wrong. Don't. Sistron. Don't that's right. He outran the uh, the Wesley Ward bound for nowhere. What a good bound race that nowhere. was. Yeah. And Sistron, uh, his last race was the Grade One Bing Crosby sprinting on the dirt, which he won, and he comes back with a sprint race on the turf, and he wins it too. I mean, all of a sudden, at age six, late five, early six, he is turning into quite the force to be reckoned with. Very nice for uh, Costa Hronis and the Hronis family and Stephanie and brother Pete and uh, John Sadler, who has done a a great job, obviously, for the Hronis family, uh, some of our favorite people. Sistron just keeps getting better and better. Uh, And, uh, yeah, we, we had a piece of him with our first ever crowdfunding. He took us on a great ride. And congratulations to that crew. And I was I'm mistakenly talking about the uh, se- sensational star, sensational Michelle. Star, right. Which was Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant, uh, you have to say it like Diamond. Forrest Gump. Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> no, that wasn't very good. Okay, take good your crap. hand, take your hand away now, because <laughs> now you just sound like you're underwater. Okay. Say Lieutenant Dan again, though. <laughs> I can't. Now. Come on, like Forrest Gump. Come on. Dan. Yeah, that's I good. Can't. That's I, I'm, I'm not a good Tom Hanks. Lieutenant Dan. Um, yeah, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, very impressive for our Nick Alexander, obviously another uh, major show contributor, uh, and uh, Steve Miotti. Uh, Mike Pipey ran second with Steel the Diamonds, who uh, tried to take this group wire to wire. Um, okay, so also in addition to the other cancellations, the Dubai World Cup at a very late time last week was canceled. It was supposed to be run. This Saturday, it was pretty much like right as everyone got on the grounds and they were saying we're going to run the race that they decided to cancel it. So Connections not thrilled, um, but also you add to that that they let people know on Sunday we're canceling and Emirates Airline was shutting down operations as of tomorrow or today, Wednesday. So um, they were like, yeah, plus you got 48 hours to hightail it on out of here. Hmm. Yeah, not great. But sad. Yeah, it's sad. You know, Michelle, look, uh, we don't have to soapbox COVID-19, right? Um, Right. Every industry has been hit extremely hard. We are, uh, I don't know. Fortunate we're still running. Absolutely. I mean, we're fortunate we're still running. We don't know how much longer. I know people come to shows like this to say, oh, they'll have the information. We don't. Um, We go day to day. We took entries for uh, Saturday this morning. Um, oh, sorry. We have entries for Friday out. Correct. Entries for Friday are out. Um, I know that uh, people like Aiden Butler and Craig Fravel and uh, Nate Newby are working hard to keep Santa Anita open. We must, however, be safe. We must, uh, you know, follow the direction of of you know, the people who know a lot more than we do. Right, Michelle. Um, Mm -hmm. just listen, be safe. I mean, that's all you can say. Stay inside if you don't have to go anywhere, but if you do go ahead and just keep your distance, um, wear a mask if you want to. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm staying home. Um, thank, thank goodness. I, I, I leased a, uh, least, I don't even know what you call it. A Peloton, uh, right before this started. I don't know how I had the foresight to do that, but I've been riding Michelle. I'm trying to you know, trying to get in okay, shape. Okay, Billy. We got way off. I don't care about that. Let's go back to this show. What are you talking about? No no one cares my, about the Peloton. My Come weight is now. important. Michelle, I'm trying to look good. I, we still have Delmar this summer. Are you sure? That I can look good or that we have Delmar this summer? 
that we have Delmar this summer? Uh, I'm not sure about anything. You can't so. look that far into the future. I'm not okay. sure about anything. All so right. two things. Actually, three things. Okay, first thing is on social media, there's been a ton of these like four horses. So yes. it's like four horses you love, four horses that like you didn't believe the hype, and then four horses that were the most impressive for you on looks. Okay. Do you remember your four that you put for each of those? Or have you okay, not done I, all of I them? I did the four that I remember that I did the – I only did the one – no one – you know, no one tweets at okay, me. Okay, you only did the one. So you only did well. Only the one that was like the love was yes. the one that's retweeted. And I said, like, I said, tagged. right. Other I ones said, don't get tagged. Okay, I said Telly's pop. I said okay. Singletary. I said John Henry. Did I say Ruffian? I might have said Ruffian. I, I think can't you remember. did say Ruffian. Yeah, and and Ruffian uh, was like Telly's pop was the first kind of big horse my family ever owned. Trained by Mel Studi. He won the two-year-old Triple Crown. He was one of the favorites for the Kentucky Derby. Ended up getting hurt, but he was an unbelievable horse. He was ridden by uh, Francisco Mena, Paco Mena. Um, he was, I used to sit and just draw pictures of Telly's Pop all day long. He was my favorite horse growing up. And then Ruffian, um, I remember where I was when she broke down. I mean, she was the closest thing I think I ever saw to perfection. Uh, that was so sad. Uh, John Henry then kind of took the mantle for me. Just this, you know, blue collar little guy who just was tough as nails. And I loved the John Henry stories. And then obviously Singletary that really put our business, Little Red Feather, on the map. So those were, I get a little choked up, Michelle. Uh, those were Aww. those were my uh, my four kind of most influential horses. What were yours? Uh, well, the four horses that I love are Cajun Gent, who is just this cheap claimer that uh ryan's dad trained but i just loved him and we ended up uh buying him for his after he was done racing and he's retired in uh my best friend's pasture wise dan obviously you love uh, wise ruffian dan. i love wise dan uh ruffian yep. and why not walk who was um a quarter horse that ryan trained and he won a grade one but he was like the horse we we actually tried to buy him at the sales and he went like seven thousand dollars over our budget and Ryan's dad like stepped in and was like are you guys done bidding now can I buy him <laughs> and so he bought him he ended up being really good but like everyone at the at the barn and everything liked this other horse that they had named James First Affair but uh, why not was like mine and he was like my baby I took him everywhere oh, and that's awesome. when I was pregnant I would go lay with him and he would like put his head on my belly and I oh, love him very good um, I so like that. that was him. And I wish we did like a, you know, I, we should do like first horse loves. Cause my list would definitely be different than like horses I love most. Right. Cause right. my first ones would have been like best pal, BNBN, personal hope, holy bull. Well, let's yeah. Where I, that's where I went. I mean, I went back in time. Right. Well, know. I think everyone uses them different. Okay. What are the four well, it most is, It is funny. Wait, wait, physicals? can I say one more thing on that? Cause if you do look through that, it's really interesting. Twitter. I didn't feel like there was a historical perspective on Twitter. Because no, a lot of the right. people were like, you know, um, uh, bricks and mortar. I'm like, really? Like, right. you ran last year. That was your favorite horse of all time. Like, I was <laughs> like, wow. Okay. So I think there's, I think what it says maybe, Michelle, is that there's a lot of new horse racing fans. Like, I didn't see a lot That's of okay. affirmed and spectacular bid right. and Seattle slew and, you know, um, you know, it's horses like genuine risk. Um, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't see a lot of that. So that. That was kind of my era. I'm a little older than you, or a lot older than you. Um, but anyway, okay, I digress. Okay, my, let's see, four best physicals. Okay, now, I didn't do this one online, but I have one that's just the, the, I have the one that strikes in my mind. You go first, and then I'll tell you mine. Okay, I thought Catholic Boy, okay. Curlin, 
see the stars and Gradar. Okay, for me, is the the number one is Curlin. Um, yes, and and Stud, I think right? I've told you the story of my sister, who you're friends with. Um, we were at the Breeders' Cup at Monmouth, and Curlin was in the paddock, and there were some nice horses in there. I mean, it was um, at any given Saturday. Um, um, uh, what's the horse that uh, Street Sense Hardspun? I mean, this was a very good Breeders' Cup classic, and you, Curlin walked by, and he was in another league. He looked like a man among boys. Um, I'll throw one in there, a recent one that people will like that okay. I think when I saw him at Del Mar for the Pacific Classic, I thought he was one of the most impressive. Ooh. California Chrome. Oh, okay. Um I just, thought about using him. I mean, I just, I'm just trying to think. I, you know, it's hard for me because we've seen – so I'm trying to think of like – you know, when I was down there in the paddock, like, and I went, oh, my right. goodness, like, wow. Um, because some horses just aren't like that. Like, I mean, like, shared belief. Like, he wasn't going to, you know, I saw someone nah, write shared belief. He's just a little yeah. dude. He's just, you know, even yeah. some of the horses that we've had are some of my favorite horses, like a fashion business right. or something. He's a little tiny, tiny horse. Um, right. You're trying to think of these, like, big, imposing um, – you know, you want to kind of say Zenyatta, but she really was so kind of – she was kind of gawky. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, like she, she was wasn't not, like she was not one of the most beautiful physicals you've ever seen. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, so anyway, okay, Billy, wait, yeah. I have a new one for you then. Yeah. So Curlin is your physical. Yeah. Okay, and California Chrome. So four horses you never liked that everyone else liked. That was really hard for me, and I didn't respond to it. And I saw yours, and I know Zoe's really upset. Um, I'm sure she. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I I have a hard time with this because I don't. Um. It's, it was tough for me. I, I didn't. I don't have the answer, and I, I'm not saying Come that on. to dodge it. No, I'm not. Give us one horse. I'm not one horse that you didn't give, believe the hype in. I'm trying to think like past derbies. Um, uh, yeah, you, I'm really on the spot, and it's funny, Michelle. I saw that question. I really did try to think to answer it, and I, 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 I'm, I'm at a blank. I, I'm not. I'm not. This is not a joke. Can, this is I not can a. Even add more to that yeah, list. go ahead. You like, add. Yeah, you add, and okay, maybe well, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? My no, because then the more negatives I say, the less people want to give me interviews. <laughs> like putting Zenyatta on there was so brave of me because John Sheriffs might never talk to me again. That I put that. You know what? I'll give you that. Um, I, but, I'm gonna. I, that's a great one. I mean, Zenyatta's a perfect one. I wasn't a huge, you know, Zenyatta fan. I just, I wasn't. Like, I, mean, I know it's hard to win 18 races in a row. Don't get me wrong. But, like, a lot of the fields she beat up on were. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's a right? great point, Michelle. Um, um, I like, I, my, I mean, I, my like, top one was Cigar because I loved Holy Bull. And when they met is when Holy Bull got pulled up. Yeah. And, like, you know, Cigar was on his little win streak. So yeah. I had, like, a natural hate for Cigar after that. I don't know if it's a hate, like, but, like, I was always such a Bitterness. West Coast bias guy, right, growing up. Okay. okay. So, like, I didn't like Easy Goer. Okay. But that doesn't okay. mean I didn't respect Easy Goer, right? Like, I was a Sunday oh, Silence like, guy. Okay. Right. Um, right. That's fair. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I just, I, you know. I and... put Game On Dude because <laughs> everyone <laughs> loved Game On Dude. And I felt like the only person in the room that was like, eh. Right. I wasn't, okay. I, I'll throw one out for you. I mean, again, okay. same kind of thing. Like, I respected him. I thought he was awesome. But he wasn't like my horse. Ready for this? Silver Charm. Yeah. Silver Charm. Okay. I wasn't a Silver Charm guy. 
<laughs> Bob Baffert's like Jill Baffert right now. It's like, oh, she yeah, she'll ever don't talk to talk me to again. again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess it's see and I, you're see. Do you remember? Were we on the air when I made the 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 one of the largest wagers I've ever met uh, made against Wise Dan with did she seek again? At remember in the in the Woodford Reserve Turf Classic that year. I didn't like Wise Dan. Um, and well, there's something wrong with you yeah, that you didn't I like know. Wise Dan. I wasn't a Wise Dan. I wasn't a Wise Dan fan. <laughs> so I guess it's coming out now. Wow. See, now you're now you're bringing out some of the horses. You are uh, a bad person. I'm a bad person. I'm Not a bad person. But again, uh, I, the last one was this horse, Careless Jewel. I don't know if you remember her. Or I remember her. Yeah, sure. Sure. She was fast. Yeah. Really fast. All right. What are we doing? We're top five. Top okay, five. Last thing. Last thing is our uh, oh oh, and I have an aftercare corner. Do you want that first? Or I last? want that right now because we need good. We need good things. Aftercare corner. The nine-year-old Ashley Love Sugar has been retired from racing. He Very ran nice. in the San Luis Ray. I thought he finished. I mean, I don't know where he finished, but he ran okay. He was up a lot closer to the pace than he generally is. Um, but he wasn't able to sustain, so they've opted to retire him. He's been in Peter Orton's barn for seven years, and I heard he's going back east to be retrained for something or another. Okay, that's good. Okay. And then the other one is It's in the Post has been retired. And maybe that's that. old news, but okay, I didn't I didn't know that he had been retired. Yeah. Oh, I thought of another one that I wasn't ever a big fan of that was a really good horse. Oh, yeah, tell me. Lava Man. Oh, I was going to ask you if you were a Lava Man fan. I wasn't fan a Lava Man fan. Okay. All right. I'm a big Lava Man fan as a pony now. I think it's a great story. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Okay. All right. Derby top 10. No, let's go five. Do we really have to go 10? Yeah, go 10. Okay. How are we doing it? We're counting down. You want to just read your ten. list? Start at 10, go to 1. Okay, I went with I, uh, my last 3. I'm going to I'm going to break them up into like sections. My last 3 are okay. all kind of um f- uh Florida Derby hopefuls. So I have like okay. Governor Morris, Sol Volante and Etienne. Is like that the, 8 9 10 or 10 Yeah, nine, those eight. are like the 8 9 10. That's oh no, 10 9 8. That's the that's the kind of Florida contingent people. Okay. That's what I had. What do you have for your kind of like ten nine eight section? Ten is modernist. Nine is honor AP. The gr- and eight is enforceable. Those are the grinders. You the grinder section. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Um, so seven is my is my interesting one. I have ready for this. I have mm-hmm. eight rings or another Baffert we haven't heard of yet. Okay. <laughs> That's funny that you put that because I have something similar. What, like, what did you put? Topper on my list. Okay. Higher on my list. Okay. okay. My number seven is Maxfield. Oh, he's he's on the comeback trail, right? He has a shot yeah. now. Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. I put six. I put Wells Bayou, the winner of the uh, Louisiana Derby. I put Ete Indian. Okay, so you have him ranked a little higher than than yeah. I did. Okay. Okay. Uh, am I five? Am I going before you? Five. Uh, I yeah. had Honor AP. I okay. like the way he finished. I think he has a good. I think he's now has the time. I think. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he that's what this a horse like that needs. He looks like a little bit of a late developer. He had the time off. He had the one comeback. I think now that the Derby's in September, I think he could be serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I put Charlatan, and yeah. right above him, I put Nadal because I just want to see Charlatan get tested a little more. Not saying that he can't climb up the list, but okay. you know, I'm not instantly in installing him at number one. Okay. Well, I went number four. I went Tis the Law, who runs in the Florida okay. Derby, and we had Jack Knowlton on the show. I think he's been uber impressive as we've talked about and um but i thought jack brought up a good point in that 
he felt he had an advantage because Tesla Law is so big, so strong, so developed already that early, that early right. that he had an advantage in May and maybe not have that same advantage in September. So I thought that was a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three is unknown horse, a horse we don't know yet. Yeah, there you go. You see, we had the same thought. Well, you didn't say yeah. number four. My number four was Nadal. Oh, oh right. You had Charlatan. Yeah. Okay. I went three, two, one. I went all Bafferts. I went authentic, okay. Charlatan, Nadal. Okay. So I went all Bafferts in the one, two, three spot. I thought you and I spoke about Nadal after the Rebel. Um, and so you I, put Nadal number one? I put Nadal number one. I put Charlatan okay. number two. I put authentic number three. Okay. And I think – and they're all undefeated. Um, I'm, I'm. It's going to be interesting to see – where they all go because now that we have time i mean this, this is a whole new thing this is something that that we've never seen before so it's a, it's really hard for anybody to predict oh this horse is going to run there or this horse is going to get better or this horse is going to get worse or you know listen i hope that they all stay sound and we get an unbelievable kentucky derby with a bunch of really developed three-year-olds i think this is a, a actually might be a good thing um right because generally the next time they would all meet up would be against older horses in the Breeders' Cup Classic. And a lot of people, instead of just going to everyone at the Traverse, it's like, oh, well, there's a Haskell we could go. There's so many options. Sure. But because everyone wants to run the Derby, it's going to bring all these good horses together. Yeah, and I think Delmar has spoken about uh, putting a nice three-year-old race in there, too. Which, uh, well, they, they need haven't to done because the they don't have one, which I've right. been, I think we've told Craig Dato the last, like, three years. Okay, so right. my number two is Tis the Law, and my number one is Authentic. Yeah, okay. Well, we got – so we have the same similar top four. We're on the right thing. We'll see what happens in the Florida Derby. Um, Michelle, great job getting Jack Knowlton. and really, really appreciate it. I know our people will. Um, thanks to Santa Anita and Delmar and our sponsors and TaylorMade, who has stuck with us for another year. Um, we really love doing the show, and we love talking uh, to all you guys and, and getting your questions. We got a great email the other day from our friend Rodney, Michelle, who's listened to every show, and he now became an owner on his own. He had his first win the other day, so congratulations to Rodney. Um, and uh, please tweet us at Horse at the Michelle U, at BKLRF. Uh, we are... We're trying to, to stay positive during this very tough time, and we're wishing all of your family's uh, health right now. Be safe, be smart, and um, just uh, if you have any questions, throw them out to Billy at LittleRedFeather.com. Put them on, put them on Twitter at Horse. And uh, Michelle, appreciate all you do, and be safe, and all the best to your family. Thank you. See you guys next week here on the Horse Ownership Bye. Experience. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Daddy Longlegs, Scat Daddy's only proven son at stud in North America. Crowned champion freshman sire in Chile, Daddy Longlegs has already sired three graded stakes winners from his first two props of runners, including a champion two-year-old colt. A talented runner himself who won multiple graded stakes on multiple surfaces. He's passing that versatility onto his progeny with stakes winners on dirt and turf. Daddy Longlegs, a tailor-made stallion. Call today to book.